Sailing God's People at SailingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. Persecution, tribulation upon the saints of God. And why does God allow it? Why is it necessary? In the world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, Jesus said. And the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the greatest message ever preached by our Lord Jesus Christ showed exactly what it takes to make the kingdom of heaven. And in Matthew 5, there are some scriptures that can be disturbing. But when you realize that you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. For the many that suffer with him, those that suffer with him shall reign with him. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ, then if it be, a joint heirs an equal heir with Jesus, then if it be that we suffer with him. Why this suffering? And why? And why do some of the body of Christ suffer and others don't? Well, that's a good question, and we'll answer it in this podcast. In 1 Peter 4, verse 1, it says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be ye therefore likewise minded. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now, everyone in 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter, go through a series of going from faith to faith, seeing that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. Brethren, Church of the Living God, we're bound to thank God for you and all your tribulations and persecutions that you endure. Now, persecutions are those that you stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Marvel not the world hates you because it hated me first. And a servant is not above his master. If they hated me without a cause, they will also hate you. And if they kept my word, they'll keep yours. Now, if you're preaching a true word, Jesus said they'll keep that word. That word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus himself, as he suffered persecution and tribulation, says now that we're going to do the same. And to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord and to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus, it requires uh, sufferings. In my distress, David said, I was enlarged. In my distress? Right, on a mountaintop we don't grow. It's in the valley. In the valley of tribulations and persecutions and the myrtle trees. Consider the lilies of the valleys. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these which the day is in the Mars cast into the oven. That valley experience, that valley there of sufferings, that valley of Jehoshaphat, that valley of the King's Dales where the war is determined, not on a mountaintop, but in sufferings and trials and tribulations. For it's tribulation that worketh patience. What works patience? How do you get patience? Through the trouble that you go through. It exercises your faith. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience 
than works experience. There's no way to have experience in God without patience, which is worked by tribulation. Trouble. Trouble. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience then works experience, and experience worketh hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. But why the sufferings? Well, we see that the Lord Jesus is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face beholdings in the glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Well, those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. How do we cease from sin? Having the mind of Christ, be ye therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that we no longer should live into the lust of the flesh, but to the will of God. 1 Peter 4, verse 1 and 2. We see in 2 Thessalonians, Paul talking about going from faith, our faith growing exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you abounding one toward another. How did you get charity? How did you get that obedience to God and loving God that you kept his commandments. Regardless of what you were going through, regardless of happenings that you're going through, the joy of the Lord's your strength, standing upon the promises of God. But how did you get there? How did you get the charity? That charity that boundeth one toward another, brethren, that Paul said, we're bound to thank God for you and all these tribulations and persecutions that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. If I was to give you a car, and you are you going to give me a car, and you say, Brother Beard, I'm going to give you a car, and you wouldn't drive the car through the wall into the church and say, here's my car. You would give the token to the car. You'd throw the keys and say, here, here's a car. I'll give it to you. And here's the title. Well, the token to that car is the key. Well, what's a token of the righteous judgment of God? tribulation and persecution that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Why? If we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. What if he don't suffer? Then we will not reign with him. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Take a look at Matthew 5 and the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5 and verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted. Don't stop there. For righteousness sake. Righteousness. It's godliness. It's a God life. It's living a virtuous life before God. How did you get to that charity? That charity that abounded one toward another. Well, you add it to your virtue. Add it to your faith virtue. And you add it to your virtue knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Now you add to your knowledge temperance. Temperance, then you add patience. Why temperance? Because he that striveth for the mastery must be temperate in all things. Temperance is required. Well, then self-control. He that ruleth his spirit well. Then temperance, patience. Well, tribulation worketh patience. But how did you get there? You added to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience. But let patience have a perfect work. That if you've done the will of God, you have need of patience that you may receive a full reward. Well, patience then 
requires standing in faith. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivered them out of them all. Who healeth all thy diseases and forgiveth all thy iniquities. Well, that is uh, afflictions. Things that we go through. Paul said, uh, uh, there I'll glory in all of my afflictions for when I am weak, then am I strong. That faith that we have added virtue. Virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Godliness is the God life. Now there's righteousness. Righteousness is the God life that God was manifest in the flesh. Just find the spirit. Literally preached unto the Gentiles, seen of angels, uh, believed on the world, received up into glory, 1 Timothy 3.16, of which we all know. But what we have to see there is we finally come to charity because after you add to your faith virtue, virtue, uh, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, for that God life, brotherly kindness, and then brotherly kindness, charity. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. It's blood flow. It's love for the brethren. It's condescending men of low estate, esteeming your brother more high, highly than yourself, provoking unto good works your fellow man, yet that fellow uh, laborer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you pass from death and life in the kingdom of his dear son because you have love for the brethren, brotherly love, brotherly kindness. Then charity. Charity is the bond of perfectness. Charity is the bond or guarantee for perfection. And we're called for perfection. There he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, to the edifying of the body of Christ. The edifying of the body of Christ requires the joints, the bones to come together, compacted together, and moved on, effectual moving on of the Holy Ghost, whichever joint supplies. That's the supply of the Spirit. Every joint supplies the body of Christ coming together to the edifying of itself in love. The edifying of itself, the building of itself, building up of itself in love through the body. Well, that is brotherly kindness and then charity. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because that's blood flow. It's, it is fellowship one with another. Blood flow through the body of Christ. The love of God flowing through the body of Christ. Therefore, that charity, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, that's righteousness. Not of our own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. But that faith will be tried. And count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That your faith may be tried as by fire. That it may come forth as pure gold, pure glory unto the Lord. That faith will be tried. Anytime you get a revelation of the Word of God, the first thing that's going to happen is that faith will be tried as by fire. You're going into the fiery furnace. It's going to be tried. They're against persecution and trouble and tribulation. People coming against them and you're standing for the truth. And you will reap if you faint not. There we come to charity, which is a bond of perfectness. It's a guarantee of perfectness. It's called unto the perfecting of the body of Christ, unto the full measure 
of Jesus Christ. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. When you're preaching that true gospel, there's Muslim out there, there's uh, Krishna, Buddhist, there's various doctrines, there's even satanic churches. No one, no one uh, uh, comes against them. They don't give them any tribulation or trouble. It says that right, they can believe whatever they want to. Uh, First Amendment right, they can worship as they please. But when you preach, you as a minister are handmaid of God. Preach this true gospel of Jesus Christ, the real God, the real Jesus. Know you're going to suffer persecution. They're going to come against you because they came against Jesus. The world hates you. If you were of the world, the world would love you, but you're not of the world. Jesus has chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. But know that it hated him first. And a servant is not above his master. They hated Jesus without a cause, and they're going to hate you without a cause because of righteousness. Take a look at Matthew 5.10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for what? For righteousness' sake. What is righteousness? You're preaching the real Jesus. You're preaching the real gospel. They don't care about uh, Muslims. They don't care about Buddhists or anything else out there. They're not going to try to bring them down, but they'll try to bring you down. Why? Because you're preaching the true Jesus. That's righteousness. So, break up your fallow ground. For so to yourself in righteousness and reap in mercy. That righteousness is how you sow. What is righteousness? John 16. Jesus said, when that Holy Ghost comes, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me of righteousness because I go to my father. But to your father, yes. He laid aside his glory, made himself of no reputation to come to the world, died, took away the sin of the world on the cross, rose again and went back to the father, not around him, not beside him, sat down with him in the father's throne, glorified by the father's own self, John 17, 5, and the forerunner has entered in, sat down, S-E-T, a state of glory down with the Father in his throne. Not beside it, Revelation 3.21, in it. Now Jesus said, no more, you pray the Father in my name, John 16, you ask in my name. And I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Somebody said, well, you got a mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. The mediator is the spirit, for no man knows how he ought to pray but the Spirit itself maketh intercession. That's a capital S. That's not a man up there making intercession for that. Man is that Spirit. Romans 8, 23 through 26. The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That is the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Jesus is that Spirit. The Lord is that Spirit. God has shown forth the glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earth and vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. for the Lord is that spirit. Not spirit junior, not a spirit man, but spirit. That man is that spirit. 
and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. It's a progressive glorification of the body of Christ, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Into what? The perfect image of Jesus Christ. That's righteousness. He came from God, came into the world, proceeded from the Father, and went back to the Father. And then he said, now, I will not leave you comfortless. You notice that when Jesus was with the disciples, he said, I'll pray the Father to send you another comforter. Why? Because he's in the days of his flesh. He hasn't fulfilled the law yet. There's still a middle wall of partition between the Spirit of God and mankind. Jesus is that man. He's made himself of no reputation to become that man. And under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. But after he has fulfilled every jot and tittle of that law, he dies on that cross. He's not just with the disciples. In the days of his flesh, he was with the disciples. He said, I pray the Father send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. The ones that come against you for righteousness' sake, because you're preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, will do it because they have not known the real Jesus. They don't know the Father nor me, Jesus said. They don't know that Jesus, the Son of God, is the Father revealed. That's the reason why the devil taketh the wicked at will. Not because they hate you for a certain reason. They don't hate you. They hate the name of Jesus. They hate that gospel of Jesus Christ, the righteousness that you stand for. That's what they hate. The devil hates that. And the wicked will be ashes in under the righteous feet. Now, the forerunners already entered in. And we, we are now following in the steps, the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ. That has already been made and showed us the way, the truth, and the life. That's righteousness. As long as we keep going on from babies to little children to young men to fathers to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto perfection, then we will hear those blessed words, enter thou into the joy of the Lord, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But if we fall away at any time before that and do not come unto fruition, don't come to the measure of the statue of Jesus because we didn't do the will of God, even though we were born again, but we didn't yield our members of, of, of servants unto righteousness. In obedience unto righteousness, we'll hear, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. You did not do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Righteousness. When you preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ, know of a certainty you're going to suffer for righteousness sake. Because you preach that gospel, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer persecution. You're going to suffer tribulation. For his name's sake. Because you're called by that name. It means you've been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, and of which the whole family in heaven and earth is named. You name that name Jesus, the world will hate you. And you don't know why, because you name the name of Jesus. You have the spirit of Jesus in you. That Holy Ghost is Christ in you, Jesus in you. The hope of glory. And the world will hate you because it hated him. If you're walking in the true steps of Jesus, you're preaching that true gospel of Jesus Christ, the world will hate you and persecute you. So think it not strange, the fiery trial, 
which to try you, which yeah, some strange thing happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. And the glory of God resteth upon you. It's only through that sufferings that you will partake of his glory. Not your glory. Not your divine nature. Partaker of his divine nature. These exceedingly great and precious promises given to each of us. Whereby we can escape the corruption through lust. That we might be made partakers of his divine nature. And that's righteousness sake. You have to understand your suffering for his name's sake. Not because somebody's got a grudge against you or, or hate you. The wicked are taken by the devil at his will. And the wicked, when you're born again, touches you not. Again, Matthew 5, verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How do you know you got the kingdom of heaven made? Because you suffer for his name's sake. You suffer with him, you're going to reign with him. Somebody said, I don't suffer with him, but then you're not living righteously. You're not living a godly life. Godliness. Take a look. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you, revile you, utterly despise and hate, abhor you, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. Why? For my sake. Because you stand for the name of Jesus and the true Jesus, they're going to hate you, say all manner of lies, deceit, uh, just as they did unto Jesus. Rejoice. So rejoice. Somebody said, well, I ought to be mad. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Jesus said it. Luke says it again the same way. Maybe just a little different. Luke 6 states there in verse 21. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Notice the paradox. Verse 22, blessed are you when men shall hate you. They'll hate you without a cause. They'll hate you simply because you call on the name of Jesus and you're walking in righteousness, the true Jesus. And when they shall separate you from their company, they won't be around you. They can feel that spirit of Jesus emanating from you and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil, calling good evil and evil good. Seduces, waxing worse and worse in the last days. This ministry here, I cannot tell you how many times do we have gospel tent meetings, lifting up the name of Jesus. Acts 2, 38, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Promising you and to your children, many of far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. And for no reason, come to the tent, knock the windows of our trucks out, steal chairs and under the tent, steal PA, microphones, and everything else that they can. I've had the hell's angels come through the tent, knocking down every chair and laughing about it. Well, they're going to do, they're, they're, they are what they are, hell's angels. They, 
That's, that's what they call themselves. Well, that's what they are. Well, praise God. They're not saying that they're uh, fellow uh, Christians. Well, there's fellow Christians going to do it to you too, causing and saying that they're, they're Christians, just as Paul said, perils of brethren. Perils of brethren? Yeah, the brethren that hated you and cast you out of their assembly, saying, let the Lord be glorified. The Lord said, I will appear to your glory and to their shame. Your own brethren, father against son, mother against daughter, mother-in-law against a daughter-in-law, hated for my name's sake, Jesus said. You can you name that name? You're going to go through it. Right now, a year ago, I had some people that came into the ministry said they wanted to follow the Lord. Ex-drug addicts, one of them was no was uh, wanted by the FBI for many years as a drug uh, dealer, a drug lord, and was wanted in every state, just about in the United States. Well. We know why it's casting anything out. The Lord sends to us, obviously. But then come in and started working deceitfully, trying to take over the ministry, take over the, the work that we had uh, done for many years, trying to move the ministers to himself and to his, his so-called uh, Christian wife, did everything they could to overthrow this ministry, and then got as many of drug addicts as they could, and we're still fighting that battle. It's not our battle, it's the Lord's battle. Stand still and know that I am God. The battle is the Lord's, not yours. The battle is the Lord's. So let it in your mind that the Lord God will fight your battles. It's not your battle. Stand still and see that he, the Lord your God, he is the God of battles. He is the man of war. He will fight your battle. All his ways are judgment. I've seen as we went overseas, 2012, 2013, 14, been going to Africa since 2012, in Ghana, Kenya, different places, Katali, Kasumu, et cetera, Nairobi, Accra, Teshimon, et cetera. As we're going over there, we went to one, and we had ministers that took us up seven hours north of Nairobi into the mountains and hills of Kisi. And there tried to literally, uh, physically, manipulate us to beat us to get money out of us pull my wife's hair out by the handful fighting over it i can tell you that was no uh it was unsettling of course it was we didn't set up and shot glory but we counted a joy we know the lord god would would move for us and the minister that led them to do that it wasn't but just a, a couple of months later, God took him out. He says, what do you mean took him out? I mean killed him. Just as uh, King Agrippa. That, that day gave an oration and they said, this be a voice of God rather than a man again. And the Holy Ghost smote him immediately. Somebody said, God didn't do this. Yes, he does. God kills. He, he kills. He wounds. He makes alive. I kill. I wound. I heal. I am the Lord God that doeth all these things. He hath his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. And God, God's ways are judgment. They don't realize that everything will come into the judgment of God. Alexander, the coppersmith, Paul said, hath done us much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. 
Somebody said, well, he should have prayed for him. Well, he did. But he said, reward him according to his works. He has every right to do that. Whenever that high priest moved for them to smite Paul upon uh, his face, and he said, you whited sepulcher, God will smite you in that day. And they said, revilest thou God's high priest? Paul said, I didn't know he was God's high priest. Or it's written, thou shalt not revile or speak against the, the priest of the Lord. Then we find many different areas. Demas have forsaken us, Paul said, having loved this present world. We find all the way through the word of God, Demetrius. We find all the way through the word of God, loves to have the preeminence. John said, when I come, I'll, I'll set it in order. You're going to have these things. But don't let that deter you or move you out of the way, the truth, the life. These things must needs be. Paul said, we're troubled on every side, but not in distress. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Somebody said, really? Yes. Even this present hour, Paul said, we do hunger. There, and being a spectacle for men and of angels. That's part of it, my friend. But you've got to be accounted worthy. Just like Peter and John, the gate called beautiful. And after that, they healed the man that was lame over 40 years old. And they brought him up there before the council. Beat him, said no more. Preach anymore in this man's name. Charged him. Do not preach anymore in this man's name. For when you do preach his name, you do intend to bring his blood upon us. Well, they had it right. Well, they said we ought to obey God rather than man. But then when they left, they counted, they counted a joy. What? That they were counted worthy to suffer shame, suffer shame for his name's sake. A joy to count it? A joy? They were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name's sake? Yes. You've got to be counted worthy of that. It's got to be counted righteousness for you. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. When you reach that point, you know that you're doing the will of God. If you're sitting there and everything's the same status quo every day and no one is saying a coming against you, friend, you're not living a God life because they will persecute you for righteousness' sake. Just as it says here, rejoice you in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward in heaven is great. For the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. They're going to do this for righteousness sake. There's no doubt about it. It's <laughs> uh, Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know it hated me first. Now notice what it says. If you were of the world, and I'm quoting here. This is John 15, uh, verse 19. If you are the world, the world would love you. It loves its own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. The world hates you. Nobody wants to be hated. You're going to be hated. For righteousness' sake, for his name's sake, because you call on the name of Jesus and are called by that holy name. Remember the word that I told unto you, the servant is not greater than his master. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. How do you know they're going to keep to your word that you have preached to them? Because 
you've suffered just like the Lord did. And he said, because they've kept my word, they're going to keep yours. Notice he goes on and says, but all these things were they doing to you? What reason? For what reason? For my name's sake, because you are called by that worthy name, which the world blasphemes. They hate it and they're going to stand against it. If you're preaching that true gospel, the real Jesus, the blood, God Almighty, Holy Ghost named Jesus, they're going to cast you out for evil. They're going to revile you. They're going to hate you. They're going to say all manner of evil against you. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Great is your reward in heaven. There's no other way, friend. They did it to all the disciples. They're going to do it to you. They did it to their church. They're going to do it to you. There was great persecution against the church. And only the apostles abode in Jerusalem. What happened to the church? They were scattered abroad and went everywhere. Great persecution against the church. They went everywhere, scattered everywhere, went preaching and teaching the word of God, the kingdom of God. The world that is, the ones that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. Same thing will happen to the real church. If you're in the true Jesus, you're going to suffer for his name's sake. Jesus said, for my name's sake, they do this unto you for my name's sake, the name of Jesus, because they know not him that sent me. They don't know that Jesus is that spirit that took on a body of flesh and blood. Word was made flesh revealing the Father of glory, Emmanuel, God with us. If I had not come and spoken to them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my Father also. If you hate the name Jesus and you hated Jesus in that day, you hate the Spirit because he is the Spirit revealed. He's the image of the invisible God. You've seen him, you've seen the Father. Christ is the Father revealed in the body of flesh and blood. And he says, But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled, that is, written in the whole law. They hated me without a cause. Jesus did not do one thing worthy of death or tribulation or persecution. But when the comforters come, which will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father. He shall testify of me. Why? Because Jesus, anointed, after he's glorified, anointed of the Holy Ghost, and is now sent unto us. Jesus in you. Jesus is that Spirit. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Jehovah God Almighty to the glory of the Father. Notice in John 16. Irrefutable. These things have I spoken to you. John 16, 1. That you should not be offended. Offended? Why should I ever be offended? They shall put you out of synagogues. They're going to put you out of churches. They're going to put you out of their little assemblies. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he did God a service. 
they will kill you thinking that God wanted them to kill you. <laughs> Why can they be that ignorant? Next verse. All these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't know the true Christ. They don't know the revelation of Jesus Christ. They don't know that Jesus is the Father revealed. Who is a liar? But he that, that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. Why? Because Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Spirit. Christ is every office. Christ is that one Spirit of God, regardless of what manifestation it's in. Father is the administrative office of that Spirit, Christ. Word is that expression office of the Spirit, Christ. The Holy Ghost. That is the power office of that same, same Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Holy Ghost, Son of God. That is the redemption office of Christ. Christ is that redemption. Son of man, the kingdom office. Christ is that Son of man. And who is the liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, First John 2, 22. He is the Antichrist. And there's many Antichrists down here in this world, friend. And those antichrists, the ones not walk, walking in the true Jesus, are going to persecute you, going to hate you without a cause. They're going to do everything to revile you, speak all manner of lies against you, all manner of evil against you. Settle it in your mind that when they do these things unto you, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, exceedingly glad because great is your reward in heaven. Don't be disturbed by it. Don't be uh, worried, oh my God, why are you doing this to me? It's simply because you're suffering for his great namesake. Because they have not known the Father, though nor me. These things have I told you that when they shall come, you shall remember that I have told you them. And these things I said to you at the beginning because I was with you. And now he's showing us what will happen in the last days. Mockers. Scorners. They say, where's the promise of his coming? They're obstinate hearts. They, they hate the name of Jesus. They think it's foolishness to serve the Lord God Almighty. But you that are called by his name, stand fast in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand fast in liberty wherein Christ has made you free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He will always deliver you out of the lion's den. He will always deliver you for his great name's sake. Just as we find in the great faith chapter of Hebrews 11, we find that by faith all these were tried and wrought deliverance through faith. We find they're living in caves, literally clothed with goat skins, uh, sheep skins whom the world was not worthy, having their children raised from the dead. Oh, they had to die? Yes, but they, their hope was in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some did not accept deliverance. Said, no, no, no. Why? Rotting for themselves a better resurrection. Taking that mortar's crown, a witness for Jesus, even unto death. Right. Blessed are they that dieth and the Lord, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from the labors and their works do follow them. 
you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer just as Jesus suffered. And they reviled him. They're going to revile you. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. I have forewarned you. I have told you they're going to do these things to you because they don't know the Father nor me. They don't know the real Jesus. They don't know the real Christ. But you that are preaching the real Jesus, know ye of a certainty, this is the mind of Christ. Be ye therefore likewise minded, as Christ has suffered in that flesh. Be ye therefore likewise minded, that mind of Christ. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. You suffer with him, you're going to reign with him. Well, you that are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed to heaven, taking vengeance on them that know not God, because our testimony among you was believed. When he comes to be what? Revealed in his saints. The reward is great. Don't lose your reward in a voluntary humility, worshiping the angels and truth and those things which you know have not vainly puffed up by your flesh and mind. We'll see more and more of that in the last days. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, heady, high-minded truce breakers, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. There's disobedience of parents, unthankful, unholy. That's what we're seeing today. We're going through it now in the ministry and thank God for it. Count it all joy. When we follow these diverse temptations that our faith will always be tried by fire, we'll come forth as pure gold. Well, neighbor, you that are fellow laborers with us in the tribulation and for the testimony of Jesus, know that the Lord God will fight your battles. He is the man of war. He will see you through. And not one hair of your head will perish. Until the next time, sealing God's people with your host, Dennis Beard, saying, Behold, the real Jesus.